Testing. Testing. Woo! All right. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Um, happy Voldemort Day. For Voldemort and Valor. Welcome to another episode. I'm Molly. And I'm Alex. And, and this, this is Potter Watch and, and the, the Cursed Play. Play. So, if you couldn't guess by our um, enthusiastic intro, we saw Cursed Child, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, like a month ago Yeah, almost. yeah. No, like, like three weeks. Three I weeks. think three weeks. Three weeks. Um, and uh, we're ready to talk about it, so um, holster those wands, uh, assio your brooms, and uh, away we go. Let's go on this. Let's embark on this journey. Choo choo, Hogwarts Express. Oh yeah, I should have done a Hogwarts Express thing. Um, we had a little trouble with our recording, and I think it might have been bad luck because we said the Voldemort stuff at the top. Yeah. So, um, uh, I just want to let you guys know, just as a first thought overall. So that whole Voldemort and Valor. If you have read the play Cursed Child. Um, you know that at the end, um, sorry, this well, is going to be riddled with spoilers. Hold on, yeah, let's, yeah, but let's back up. So, the play's hashtag is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, hashtag keep the secret. So, oh, right. we're trying to, like, honor that, but we also want to talk about the play, so if you don't want any spoilers or anything like that, maybe this isn't the best episode to listen to, but we have 70 others to listen to at this time. So, um, pick one of those. <laughs> yeah, um, we're hashtag keeping the secret in a way that we're warning you right now that we will not be keeping the secret. Like, we're not gonna share, like, every little thing. Right. Obviously, because we don't remember every little thing. But it would be remiss of us as, um, as leaders, I would say, in the Harry Potter community. For sure. Not to share our wealth of knowledge with you. Um. And our experience. Yeah, we won't talk about, like, how we think things were done. Yeah. Staging-wise and things like that. But, um, so yeah, there will be spoilers, spoiler alert, blah, blah, blah. Voldemort comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Voldemort comes back. Um, because of plot, and, um, and that happens right before intermission, and then all of the ushers and everything. No, it happens at the end of oh. the part one. Oh, sorry, at the end of part one, not intermission. The inter the big intermission yeah. of the two shows. And, uh, then you come back, and all of the ushers and everything are, like, pro-Voldemort, and all of the concessions are, like, the pro Voldemort merch, and you're just like, oh wow, I'm stressed. I was triggered. I was they said happy Voldemort day to us. Yeah, and well, we were leaving part one, and an usher was like, happy Voldemort day, and I just looked at him and said, no. It was aggressive. That usher was having fun with us, I think. Yeah, I mean, I had talked to him earlier because um, the ushers at the beginning, they all wear their Hogwarts ties. And I was concerned that those weren't the ties of the houses that they actually belong to. And he was like, yeah, for some people it is. Like, for me, I knew my house and I'm a Ravenclaw, so I got a Ravenclaw tie. But other people, they just give them a tie. Which I'm like, I'm sorry, I would kill to be an usher at a Harry Potter show. 
why are they hiring ushers that don't know what house they're in? Can you imagine, like, just, like, being, like, at that, working it, and you have no appreciation for what you're doing? This is how I felt about that woman who, when we went to Wizarding World, I was like, when is you? When are you coming out with the Angelina Johnson wand? And she was like, who? I was like, how did you get your job Yikes. here? Yikes. You should have to take a quiz, at least. I heard there was a vetting process. Ugh. Okay. So, logistics. The play is in two parts, if you're not familiar. And so the way they did the tickets for the show is you had to buy part one tickets separate from part two. So some people might have gotten to see part one on a Thursday night and then saw part two, like, on a Friday. Um, we were lucky that we got our tickets both on Saturday, so we saw part one as a matinee, which has two acts, so, like, part one, act one, and act two at a two o'clock show, and then we saw, um, part two, act one, and act two at 7.30. So we saw it all in one day, about five and a half hours of play in total, plus, like, a two and a half hour break in between that we got sushi during. And (laughs) just so you know how dedicated we are to you, our fans, um... We took notes <laughs> in between acts or yes. for Molly's case during the show. She, um, I wish that um, you could see, maybe we'll post a picture when we uh, post yeah, this episode. Yeah, that's a good idea. But um, her playbill is like riddled with notes. <laughs> riddled. <laughs> <laughs> Has like notes all throughout the margins. Poor Dear Evan Hansen's promotional pages are just like covered in notes. I think they're notes. fine. Um, Dear Evan Hansen. I think the whole point of Dear Evan Hansen is that he is, in fact, not fine. No, I meant, like, the show's doing <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, I don't need the promotion. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. It, and, um, I took my notes on my cell phone in my little notes section in between acts, and, um, I'm the kind of person who has a small bladder but does enjoy a cocktail during a show, and I was so policing my body. I wouldn't even drink water. I Because I didn't want to have to pee. I had a cocktail uh, for the second uh, half of, like, part, um, act two of part two, and I bought the cocktail because I was like, okay, it's the last part of the sh- last show. I, like, deserve this treat. I had two sips, and I couldn't drink at all because I had such anxiety that I was going to have to pee during the show and miss something. I like to think of myself as a camel. Yeah, Molly has a strong bladder. She likes to brag about it. I did have to use the bathroom during um, the new, new-ish Ghostbusters movie, but it was fine. Did you hold it? No, I went. <gasps> That's what I'm saying. It's okay. I had to go to the bathroom during Infinity Wars. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. But I was with uh, Griffin, and he told me when a like, time that was not important happened. So. Yeah, but it was a funny part. That's what I said. Yeah, but, like, I will see it again. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other movies. <laughs> this is not important, but other movies that I've, like, gone to the bathroom during, which is not many. <laughs> well, I just, I think I have anxiety about it now because I've done it in multiple shows now. When I saw Mean Girls in D.C., I had to go pee. When I saw Anastasia, which is unnecessarily long for a kid's show, I'm surprised other children weren't having to leave to go pee. I had to pee. And I saw, when I saw Wicked, although, of course, 
uh, when I saw Wicked in Memphis, I had chugged a jumbo margarita right before I went in. But that is because they were having a happy hour sale, and how was I supposed to say no? Yeah, I mean, tell us. Tell me. There was no other way to handle that situation. (laughs) And Wicked, I feel like, you know, everyone, well... Musical theater people know Wicked, And I would seen so. Wicked before, like, so I was like, Meh. As long as you're not missing Defying Gravity, like, go during that fucking goat song. I think, bad. <laughs> I think that's probably <laughs> no. on. He was in the beginning <laughs> of the show. I, that one's early. It's like the fourth song. Yeah, I had to go pretty early on. And then I, I don't want to go through Dancing Through Life. That's like a seven minute song. <laughs> oh, well, see, by the time I went and then came back, I had to go again by Dancing Through oh, Life. No. Yeah, because I had, like, broken the seal. So then, but I waited it out through Defying Gravity. But since I know Wicked, because I'm a musical theater person, I was the first one up. I knew when that song ended, and I was, like, third person in the bathroom. Which, if you've ever been to, like, any kind of professional theater show, you know that is a feat. Yeah, and also, some places don't have very many bathrooms. Like, Waitress. Mm-hmm. Very few bathrooms. Um, Okay. All Let's right, get so back. Back to that. <laughs> um, now you all know about our <laughs> toilet room habits. <laughs> um, tell like, tell us yours. Tweet us. <laughs> Tweet us. Please share. Hashtag um, toilet room talk. Hashtag um, water closet. Potty. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Trying out. to do a play Let's on water. <laughs> it does. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Hashtag what's up with Moaning Myrtle. Fill us in. We'll, we'll workshop that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna like kind of try and be organized with how we're doing this. So we'll do like our notes right off the bat for each part. Um, and then I think we're gonna talk about characters too. Although we might end up just talking about characters throughout, but if we miss some at the end, then we'll yeah. go back and talk about them. Um, yeah, and then we'll talk about the Tonys coming up and who's nominated, and... Um, you will be educating all of us, because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I didn't realize we were going to we'll be talking about that. Well, I mean, I, it's I not... I know who was nominated for this show, because we talked about it. Yeah, oh, no, I sorry, I was being... I was only talking about who's oh, nominated from I thought you were just going to do a little Tony's thing, and I was like, Nope, I don't great. know the rest of the Tony's list, Wonderful. which is bad. Bob, we're rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the Tony's, and hopefully we'll talk about this during, but we're going to, um, I would like to talk about anyway, I didn't ask you about this, but um, I'd like to talk about what's kind of different from the reading it and the visual, and things that um, I thought were fixed, some of the issues I had with it that I thought were fixed by putting it on stage when I saw it on stage, and things that um, still didn't work. Still were not working for me. Um, Yeah, I put some notes about that in my program (laughs) on some of the things. Um, Alright, so part one, act one. My first big note is just that um, magic exists. Yeah. So... Um, the first, like, they start, oh, well, so, um, I know we're kind of going all over the place, but the play, so it's a play, it's not a musical, <laughs> um, but there is music in it, so it's like a play with music, 
um, no singing or anything. It's this artist called um, Imogen Heap yeah. or something. She was very popular similar. in the 2000s, right? Like uh, no? Sure. I think I, so. No, I have no idea. Um, but so it's kind of like, they. it's mostly just the Maybe instrumentals. Maybe Her, I lied. I think she's kind of popular now. now. Is it not? Okay, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but so her music, like, that you might have heard does have, like, a lot of lyrics to it, but they took that out as mostly instrumental with some, with some, like, oohs and yeah. la-las or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really cool. It was gorgeous. It was, and it was a little, like, not spooky, but, like, magical, like, Harry Potter spooky. Yeah, it reminded me of, like, the music... In not it's not really similar to it, but it had the same like emotional like evocativeness as like the music in Seven Part Two. You know, like yeah. the like Oz. Like it's not there weren't like lyrics to those songs, right, but during exactly. the final battle, you can sort of like um yes. feel the life <clears throat> in that music. And so they use the music. Mostly, like, at the end of the acts, or the beginning and end of the acts, and then any and kind of, like, transitions. Scenes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, the first thing that happens is this song, or a song, I guess, and they're, like, um, getting ready to go on the Hogwarts Express. Everyone's in their muggle clothes and stuff, and then they go through the platform, and then they're in their wizarding robes, and they don't leave the stage. They literally, like, do, like, one pull and their wizarding clothes are like which wizarding clothes are bulkier than muggle clothes it was incredible i could see it doing it the opposite way but it was so there was an audible cool. gasp and it wasn't like oh you saw them like take off items like they're wearing like sweaters and stuff so i just yeah nothing I, on the ground it was magic guys. it was magic okay magic's real and they invented it and or discovered it or re- revealed it in this play and there was no other better way to do that. Yeah. So. so, the magic was definitely my favorite part of the play. Yes. I'll just say that. Mine, too. Um, and there, I had a lot of issues with the script as a whole. Same. But there was something really magical about... Um, <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, about seeing... Like, I guess the movies bring it to life, but it's, like... But, like, it's, it's not, movies. It's movies, and it's not yeah. the same. And we're both theater people, so yeah. just, like, we can appreciate the technical aspects of theater and how far theater has come to be able to even do something like this and have it be combined with another one of our loves, Harry Potter. I don't know, I keep saying our, but, like, it yeah. really was just, effect, like, effective. Like, I was really emotional about and it. And I think it's so cool for um, them to be able to put that on, because I know when I've done shows, and it, they have, like, some, like, special effects, like, mm-hmm. when we did Beauty and the Beast, there's, like, some stuff with that, and, mm-hmm. like, um, it was so cool to be able to watch the audience's reactions, and, like, that, it mm-hmm. was, like, a high school, middle school production, so people weren't, like, expecting a lot, yeah. but, like, that was, like, something really surprising, and, like, for this, like, I didn't know what to expect um, magic wise, same because I didn't look at things. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know anything about the play except for um, roughly who was in it. Like I'd seen pictures of mm-hmm. the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was um, really cool, and I just think like that was something so cool to be a part of. 
Yeah. Um, the techni- the technical aspect of the whole show, like the lighting in particular, was <coughs> so good. Um, they should be nominated for stuff, but I don't know if they I don't, do that I don't, in the Tonys. They do, you, uh, they definitely do it in the Tonys. I don't know if they were, though. I, when I was reading the article about who was nominated, I didn't see that lighting was nominated, but it might have only been shame. talking about the actors, because I also think lighting was very, very good. Um, we'll get into it. Um, yeah, but just back to what you were saying about the music, um, Another one of my favorite parts, um, and you get it right off the bat, were how they do transitions. Um, I'm yeah. obsessed with interesting transitions in theater. Because it's hard. It's, it's hard, hard to, do, to it. do it, and it's hard to keep it interesting and still have something to... And everybody was in costume. Right. And having... Um, and, and a lot of the actors did a lot yeah. of the transitions, too, and there were choreographed movements with the ensemble. There was great ut- utilization of the ensemble. Yeah. It reminded me of Billy Elliot, which is a musical about dancing, and so, like, they're all dancing and doing, like, the set yeah. changes, which I think is great when they incorporate, like, the characters, mm-hmm. like, how they would be acting into, like, the set changes. And it's hard to do big ensemble with a play and have yeah. them not feel like just, like, why are you here? And, um, yeah, it just felt, oh, it was so, so cool. And those were the most, um, I think, interesting parts of the show is, like, transitions that moved the plot forward that were done in almost silence in terms of nobody speaking on the play but like the director really got to have fun with his actors um and we'll talk more about that when we get into more specific um so um my next note says trolley witch wasn't as bad as previously as i previously thought yeah i said trolley witch better in the play they didn't do it as like campy i guess um, yeah, I felt like in the book, I mean in the play when I read it, it I was picturing like knives and like scissors, like Edward Scissorhands coming out of her hands and she was just like... Yeah, I was expecting her to like kind of transform into a demon. Yeah, or a robot. I don't know why I thought a robot. I guess maybe because it sounded like she was rolling. Maybe it's because they hadn't really worked out how they were going to do it. So the play is just like a... Someone in technical theater will figure out how to do this, but yeah. I want her to become a lot, uh, come alive in some way. And they did the train cool, I thought. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about how, um, in terms of like set, they used um a lot of trunks and luggage as um multiple different objects in the show, which is something that you do in theater. A lot, I guess, where you like take a central image and or prop, and that transforms into different things throughout the show. So yeah. it was the train. It was like chairs and beds a lot. Um, I like that, except for at the very end, they did it again, and it was supposed to be like a graveyard, mm-hmm. and I didn't like that. Yeah, they used like the suitcases to represent like a graveyard for like the Hogwarts battle, and. I don't know why, I just, I really didn't like it. Like, I know it was supposed to be, like, a symbol, but, like, I think it was almost, like, a disservice to the grapes that they were supposed to represent. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm torn, because on the one hand, I, like, I get the, like, Hogwarts is your home. Like, I can see it sort of as, like, there were children fighting in this war, like, that 
went to Hogwarts right. and like those I that's can feel even it and darker. I, well, that's yeah. You know, when I think about it, like I think it would have been cooler for that part to do it as like a lighting effect of like a shadow of like graves or something. Uh, yeah, that would have been really interesting. But that wasn't really like the style of the play, I guess. But um, I yeah, I just didn't like the suitcases in that part. But I liked it for yeah. Yeah, I liked it for the other bits and, definitely. I was I also. I also, it was, like, jarring to me um, when I saw it as the graves. Like, the other times, I sort of, like, moved through it and accepted it, but I was, like, I did have, like, a moment of pause when I saw it come up as that, so I'm not disagreeing with you. I just am not sure if I liked it or not. Um, so it was nominated for Best Lighting. Oh, thank God. Also, like, Best Scenic Design, Best Costume. Like, there's just not that many things. Like, it's all the same stuff that's nominated for everything. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Best Direction. Oh, one of the writers, John Tiffany, directed it. Mmm. Sound Design. Well, John Tiffany, you did a great job. Kudos. Kudos to you, sir. Like, honestly, of the people that worked on this show, besides the actors. Neil like, Austin is the lighting designer. Good. Shout out. Shout out to Neil. <laughs> <laughs> we love your work. Um, sorry. All right, I just need to, like, resolve that in my heart. The part where they were under Polyjuice was awesome. I'm just going to read my notes out verbatim because they're very rushed. Yeah, the Polyjuice potion is definitely, like, the other really cool part of the magic that they did. Yeah. Um, they did it again, like, on stage and you... I mean, that one wasn't as, like... It's not as impressive. Yeah, like... Yeah. But it was still cool. It was, yeah, it was really cool and it was fun um I didn't like the sorting hat in the very so the first like 15 minutes of the play goes through like three years really fast like Mm -hmm. and so you're constantly going in and out of the train station which I do think is cool um and on the center of the whole stage is the clock tower um which is really important in the Harry Potter show and in the movies, I think, too. Yeah. Like, it's really It reminded me a lot of the third, um... Yeah. The third movie. Same. And so... Thanks, Alphonse. So it was, like, cool to have it as a train station. It was also, like, in the Hogwarts grounds, and it, you know, the play goes back in time, obviously. If you know the play, if you don't... What? It goes back in time a lot. Um, so the clock was very central, and I just liked that it was, like, ever-present. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like the sorting hat, because that's, like... They just had a guy... Um, being the voice, which I thought that was fine, but he used a bowler style hat. Yeah, and they had him as sort of like this godlike figure like being narrated. the narrator. But only but he, in part one. Only in the part one, at the very beginning of part one, it was like a, it seemed like a very flimsy theatrical device to me. They should have they used him conti- throughout. Yeah, they didn't continue it. Because I like that when they have like yeah. this narrator come out, like in... Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, they have a narrator, which yeah. is, like, obviously the best part. Um, or, like, the father um, figure. I It reminded me of how, like, I felt like they failed at trying to use him of um, Into the Woods. The father um, and Into the Woods. Like, I kept expecting him to be, like... Coming back. Coming back or to be an important character. Like, I thought maybe he's the secret. Is he, like, Harry's grandfather or something? I don't know what I thought. But I... 
um, that he, one, did not come back, and two... Like, he was in all... He was an extra, basically, for the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, he was there. And he played other characters. Yeah, which was fine. Which was fine, even though I didn't really like him as Hagrid, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was Hagrid. Um, but, yeah, I just was like, come on, man, you could have, uh... Or, not man, like, come on, whoever thought of this, like, you created this whole world of this play you couldn't think of like because I also thought the information he was giving us were things that I figured out already like I didn't need him to narrate things well he also said all of the things about the houses right right didn't he like yeah like like the sardine hat song which was good but they could have used like a sort like the magic of a sorting hat to do that like the hat could have sung I, I've been waiting my yeah. whole life to hear how those melodies sound with a hat actually singing Or, them. like, have a string on the hat and have it, like, kind of drop down so it's, like, more magical looking. Right. It just, it was not, it was anticlimactic. It was like getting on Hogwarts Mystery and them being like, so what house do you want to be in? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so the other thing about that Polyjuice moment, so, um... Um, the adorable actor that plays Albus transforms into Hermione, or no, no, transforms into Ron, and then has Scorpius transform into his father, which is a whole set of father issues. Scorpius turns into James. Or, no, Harry. Or meant Harry. Right, that's what I mean. So, you may seem like Scorpius turns into his father. Scorpius. Albus has Scorpius turn into Harry, which I think is a whole set of, like, father issues that, like, was not delved no. into. Um, Scorpius is Harry. Yes. Right. Yeah, Scorpius is Harry and... Albus is Ron. Right. Right. Which so, is weird. It's weird. It, they only did it to make that weird joke. Where he makes out with his aunt and no one, like... They do call it out, but it's, like, kind of putting a hat on a hat rack. I'm, I'm, I was like, okay, like, yeah, you just made out with your aunt, elect, you elected to... Nobody asked yeah, you to do she that. Did not initiate, initiate that. that. Like, you just, like, kept making out with her. I, I have feeling I had feelings about that when I read it and I had feelings about it watching it too I was like uncomfortable so if you don't know the characters I guess too we should maybe just briefly go over that so mm-hmm. the story centers around Harry's son Albus who's like the middle child so he has an older brother James and a younger sister Lily um and he become he goes to Hogwarts gets sorted into Slytherin and becomes friends with Draco, Malfoy's son, Scorpius. They're, like, best friends slash lovers. <laughs> best friends. <laughs> slash lovers. Um, and they go on the, this adventure to go back in time and to save Cedric Diggory. Um, because that makes sense. Because they're dumb. Um, with the alleged niece of Amos Diggory, um, Delphi. Yeah, Delphi Diggory. Who um, turns out to be... Voldemort and, and Bellatrix's daughter, but you don't find that out till like the end of Act Two, Part One. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go back in time several times, but that doesn't ha- start to happen until Part One, Act Two, um, and it ends with them like fucking up the timeline and stuff like that. I don't know how much we're going into plot, like. 
Yeah, I mean, um, we, I, I think that was a great summary and it was necessary because I'm going to talk about plot things, especially when, when I start talking about Scorbus and I have a lot of feelings. If you don't know what Scorbus is, it's Albus and Scorpius and uh, I'm just going to go on another rant. Okay, well, pause. <laughs> Not but, about it right now. I just oh, meant okay. like, um, in, it's coming. Well, I just want to talk about Scorpius though, since mm-hmm. we're bringing him up. Probably my favorite, definitely my favorite of, like, the children actors. Um, mm-hmm. Even though they're, like, 20-something. Yeah. They're not children. Yeah, they're not kids. And so, because of that, I think maybe when he started, he was, like, younger, obviously, because mm-hmm. it started at, in London, like, three years ago. I think more than three, like, a long time ago. Four. Yeah. Um, so, he does this whole, like, voice-cracking thing throughout the play, which... I did like, for the most part, sometimes I thought it was too much, but it was very funny. Like, he definitely made, like, a really bold choice, like, doing this whole voice thing, and he's like, Albus! Like, yeah. I can't even do it, but, um, it's... It was, like, it was almost uncomfortable in a yeah. way that I thought was such a good choice, because when I read Scorpius, and I, I loved him. He's a cinnamon roll, and he's adorable, and he's perfect. Yes. Role. Yes, that's some Tumblr link or some internet lingo for you. It just means he's too good for this world, too pure. But um, yeah. he did have a little bit of perfect syndrome where I was like, there's nothing wrong with this character. He's just so genuinely sweet. And uh, so yeah. I was like, how is he unpopular? How is he this kid that nobody wants to talk to? Like, he's literally the cutest thing on the planet. And then when I saw, I don't know the actor's name. I hate that. But whatever choices he were make it was he was making, it made sense to me because it was sort of like uncomfortable to have a conversation with him. You know, like he was someone that you were like, Oh wow, what's going on? Like I still found him adorable and you're still supposed to like be really charmed by this um nerd who can't help but But crack. he is definitely but nerdy. He's definitely nerdy. Certainly a Ravenclaw. Oh, <laughs> But still sort into Slytherin. Like, nothing about him is Slytherin. Right. That was my, like, sort of um, jab at the writers in that they clearly wrote a Ravenclaw character. Or, like, he, well, no. He's more like Neville in terms of Gryffindor, like, where he doesn't want to do brave things at first, but then he does. Um, but still not. Not a Slytherin, no matter which way you put it. Yeah. Why am I having a time finding the Slytherins? Like, the one Slytherin thing he does is with a Ravenclaw's full thought process. So I don't even... It's when he keeps the time turner and he's like, yeah, I kept the time turner because I didn't trust the adults with it. Um, look what they did last time. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're a little liar, and that was pretty sneaky the way you duped everyone. But your whole reasoning is like, yes, well, um, I Anthony Boyle. This. Anthony Boyle, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's nominated for a Tony, much, like, well-deserved. I, I hope he wins, honest. I didn't love, um... The kid who plays Albus. Like, I thought he was great. Like, he was good. It was just not very interesting. I think... I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I think he did a great job. Like, yeah. the actor. I So I wouldn't really blame him. I right. think that character is not nearly as interesting exactly. as Scorpius. He has protagonist syndrome. And he's, hard. like, kind of whiny. Yeah. And, like, I don't really feel bad for him at all. See, I liked him 
more watching the show than I did in the, like when I read the play. Cause I thought he was really obnoxious when, and I still thought that, but I think he really connected to that. Like, uh, I'm a 14 year old kid and nothing is going right for me in a way that like, I was like, okay. I, I, yeah, actually, I think the opposite, like, seeing him on stage, I was, like, even more like, oh, my God, you're just, like, such a spoiled little kid. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it came, like, more real to that. Like, in the book, I could kind of maybe sympathize more, but um, he just, he, I mean, he did a really good job in that he, I didn't feel sorry for him, and I don't know if you're supposed to, but, like, when he and his dad, like, fight and stuff, I'm just, like, you're, like, baiting this fight right now like you're the only one saying that like everybody hates you but I think first of all I think you're supposed to feel bad for both of them like I think they're both wrong and you're supposed to feel bad for him like when he like when his dad says that one line thank you for not saying Harry because Harry would never say that line um but like I don't feel like so that line about um sometimes I wish you weren't my son it actually I think worked better seeing it yeah um I still disagree with it like on principle that Harry would ever say that but um they made it like very genuine like they're arguing and it like kind of comes out in an argument um and like Harry like immediately like feels bad or whatever but like he doesn't do that great of a job of like making it better but um it I think for me it's like that angsty kind of teenager who just wants to be angry like no matter what Mm -hmm. the adults are saying he just wants to be angry and that always like annoys me um I mean Harry does it too like in the books like where he just wants to be like but Harry has like more right like (laughs) reason to Albus has no like he has loving parents like even before this fight like Harry's not like doesn't say shit about him being in Slytherin he's just like I still love you and he's like no you don't and then he says, like, the line that, like, kind of confirms, not confirm it, but, like, whatever. Like, confirms it in Albus's head. Well, here's what, like, gets me about Albus's character and about Harry's character. One, I think Harry's character as written is not Harry Potter. They have written a very strong dad character who treats Albus in a way that I think I understand Albus's reasonings. I don't think Harry would do those things, but Harry also says to Ginny when Ginny's like, be honest, he's like, I just wish he was more like James and Lily. And I'm like, kids can feel that. Like, he's probably been feeling that his entire life. I just don't think they show it very, which is hard. Like, they're not, they're kind of starting the play like this has been boiling for his whole life. Yeah. And we just don't really see it, I think. I mean, at least for me. Yeah. And, well, I think that's why I said when I saw it, I, like, understood it better. Because I, like, there were lines like that and conversations like that that gave me pause. And I was like, maybe it was because I was bringing too much of what I know about Harry as a character into it when I was reading it. Yeah. And, because the the guy who acts Harry does a phenomenal job. And he actually, and we talked about this, he brings in a lot of what, like, like mannerisms that Daniel Radcliffe did. Um, Like, he looks like he could be Dan Norman like, older brother or something. Right, and he did a great job. I just think that character is not written how Harry responds to anything. He was much too hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, so I kind of, like, understood Albus more, but I also, 
I liked Albus not being likable. I liked him being a little shit. Yeah, no, I think it worked. The whole point was just that, like, this dad character had to, like, find a way to, like, love this kid that, like, was being shitty and, like, you know? It would have been a better story if it wasn't the Harry Potter characters. Mm -hmm. Like, they tried to make it work in these already, like, made characters, Mm -hmm. or at least for the adults. And honestly, like, none of the adults, I feel like, really match their... Right. ...their selves. Like, even Hermione, like, all... Like, I just disagreed with all of them. McGonagall, Hagrid... Same. Everybody. I feel the exact same way. And it made it worse seeing them on stage. Yeah. I was like... Because they were actors, so they were reading their script, and they fully embodied what they were Like, the actors were all great. Like, the actress that plays Hermione was amazing. The actor that played Harry was really good. Ron, you know, he just did the best he could. Because he <laughs> with was that given part. nothing in his script. Jenny, again, similar to like all Jennies, like gave them nothing. Actually, the play probably had more yeah, Jenny the, than the movies ever. The play did. gave her gave Jenny more than I think I would argue even J.K. Rowling did. No. Yeah. Cause like you don't get a lot of Jenny, is all I'm saying. Like right. Jenny was more prominent of a character than but yeah. like her character was sort of one note except for a couple lines. Yeah. I actually think no, no, I won't say that. I disagree with that because I remember how she well, lets Harry wear the pants in the relationship and that would never happen with yeah. Jenny Weasley. That's another thing. It's just like a lot of times in the play, the like character of Harry is really like, I'm going to stand up to McGonagall and you're going to do exactly what I say and I'm going to stand up to Jenny and you're going to do exactly what I say. And I'm like, that little bitch baby would never one. would never do that. Like, no, he would never. I mean, he would be stubborn and like, I'm going to do this. I don't care what you say, but he's not like he's, telling other people what to do. He's right. like, I'm going to do me and I don't care your reaction. Like that's very hairy. Um, cause he does that all the time, like in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of like also bossing other people around. Like, so the- Jenny would have definitely like intervened. Like, are you going to talk about how he tries to stop him from being friends? Yes. Yeah. So... Scorpius and Albus love each other and they're friends, but there's this, like, rumor that Scorpius is um, Voldemort's uh, son instead of Draco's son, even though he looks smack like Draco, but it's fine. Right. Um, uh, so then Harry, like, at first doesn't believe it and they he lets them be friends, but then as the show goes on... Although Harry, this is also in a different timeline, too. Right. I, yes. This is in one of the times where they went back and, like, things... Like, um, Albus is in Gryffindor now. Yeah. And Ron and Hermione never got together. Right. But Harry's, like, Harry behaves the same way. Yeah. And he basically demands they be separated. Yeah, he, like, forces them. Even though half the play he's saying to Albus, like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to get through my time at Hogwarts without my friends, like, Ron and Hermione. Like, they said that line, like, three times. And then he goes and does the exact opposite by saying, like, yeah, you're one friend. No, you can't be friends with him. Um, I thought, even though we didn't, we've talked about this outside of, just sorry, before we continue, that even though Draco, we didn't like the actor very much, I thought Draco was written very Draco. Yes. So, uh, as an adult. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. 
I guess it's hard because we, we never really see Draco's redemption arc, but like, and we also only ever interact with Draco when he's talking to Harry in the in the regular books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we don't get enough full rounded Draco. Like we don't really see yeah. Draco interacting with other people very much. That's true. I guess I'm saying that from someone who like has could probably write a thesis on Draco Malfoy from fandom to canon. But, um... I think they did his story well, but his actual, like, lines and stuff, like, weren't... Yeah, they were really... Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I just think they, like, where... Like, I think it's canon that Draco would be as devoted as he is as a father. They got the outline right right for it, but they didn't get the nuances. Right. Which I I find that's hard to do, but like still, <laughs> I also think that's partly the actor. I really did not like the actor like the playing actor Draco. Um, he did a really like he was basically Lucius, but like nicer. And they wrote Draco to be sort of like more. He like Draco in fan fiction brings in the like. So when Harry talks to Draco, or when Draco talks to Harry, as you were talking about, he's still, like, snarky. Like, he likes to play that game. And they tried to bring that into the play. Yeah. And this actor, like, could not do that. Like, until he got to be, like, I'm Slytherin Lord Lucius Malfoy. He wasn't, like, at all bringing to the character what they were clearly trying to bring to it. Like, that love of the fight. Right. I, yeah, he just wasn't playful enough, I think. Right. He tried to do it too serious. Um, and that's, like, fine to be, like, a serious Draco. Like, he's kind of been through a lot um, as an adult. Like, he loses his wife. He has, right. like, kind of an estranged relationship with his son. The whole wizarding world hates him. Um, no, it's fine that he's serious. One, that's just not how it was written. Yeah. And, um, I yeah. Don't, yeah. There should have been some more, like, smart. Like, he didn't... Like, I think even if Draco goes through, like, this redemption arc, his core personality is still the same, which is, like, he's still a very proud person Mm -hmm. and, like, is defensive and so uses his snark when he's defensive. Even, like, I think the example of when he's, like, getting saved from the fire and he still quips with Harry and it's like, bitch, I just saved your life, but of course he can't physically, like, be thankful, like, in that way. Exactly. Like, he's still, like, snippy. Like, that's how He's snippy and he talks around things. But he's nice. He's not, like, nasty in that moment. Yeah. Right. I don't know. No, no, I know, well, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But anyway, so Harry separates them and then he's like, uh, McGonagall, I need you to watch their every move. There are no classes. I'm pulling him out of all of the classes that they have together. First of all, here's their the Marauders like, map. Like, here's their Marauders, Marauders, Marauders map. Look at everything. First of all, I don't know how many people they think are at Hogwarts, but the lockstep doesn't work that way. Like you can't just pull him out of every class with Scorpius. <laughs> what classes is he gonna be in? Ugh. Also, like. I wish that the Marauders map wouldn't have allowed it. Like, it would have, like, just, like... Because oh, that's not, um... Solemnly swearing up to no good. Right. Like, that is a bitch-ass chaperone move. Right. That, the Marauders would not approve. Yeah. Um, like, and, like, real Harry would have never pulled that shit. Well, first of all, real Harry would have never marched into McGonagall's office and told her anything and Jenny Weasley would certainly not let her son 
be like hurt that way like Harry's like I'm doing this this is what I feel is right and Jenny's like yeah it's what you feel is right and it's not happening okay like you can throw your hissy fit but no like and you cannot like it like I could be I could totally see Harry not right. liking that they're friends from the beginning and being like he can't come over to the house like that I would even Maybe. like I would even be like oh okay that's I can see how he's being like also, Stubborn. like, Scorpius, like, loses his mom during the play, which is, like, very, like, low-key, by the way. Yeah, very sad. Um, and I just, Harry would never be, like, no, you can't, like... Right! Like, he would feel bad for Scorpius, because, like, Harry was friends with people that he... Like, people judged him for, like, Luna and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I think Scorpius is a lot like Luna, which, it's it's weird that no. we... No. No, in, in, in a way that, like... <laughs> he's, in, like, the odd... He's the odd one out. He's yeah. isolated. So, like, it... In, and also in a way that, like, Harry Personality-wise. Ha- no, not personality-wise, <laughs> but I mean in terms of, like, kindred spirits. Like, Harry should relate a lot to Scorpius, and he's just, like evil to him that boy like I mean he never says anything mean to Scorpius he's more just like I don't want you hanging out with him because I think he has like a dark cloud over him but I think Harry would be involved with his kids friends you know like just in general like as a dad I feel like Harry's like trying to know what's up with his kids all the time like he's fully invested it's hard for me to picture Harry as a dad because during the like obviously he's a kid during the books and he's like he's pretty egocentric during the books so he's like all about him Mm -hmm. um which he has a mission like I'm not criticizing right now but I can't see that trans like into Mm -hmm. a dad because he's so all about him during the books like I don't see how that would kind of translate with his kids as an adult I I just think that with the way he feels about family and the way he reacts to anyone who he regards as family. But Um, I even think about how he acts like younger kids, like Colin creepy. He like hate, doesn't hate, but he's like, get away. (laughs) I also don't think Colin, that's like in year two, like when he's, well, I was thinking more like fourth and fifth year when Colin is still like one year older than Colin. And like his little brother, he's like, how are you? That's my brother, like, or what? I, I know that's not a very good example, but yeah. that's the only time I think of him interacting with, like, people younger than him. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, like, I guess Jenny, but... See, I don't think Harry will get everything right as No, a dad. no, I don't, yeah. And, and I think that was a good call on the playwright's part to be, like, he doesn't really know what a dad is. He didn't is, have a parent. But I think he's more fumbling and not, like aggressive with his kid you know what I'm saying yeah, like, no. I feel like he's more likely to over love and then be like dad I need some space for him to be like I'm I I could see him being a little reserved with like not like he doesn't love them or anything but just he doesn't know how to show it like so I think some in some ways like they got that right like mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to show like that mm-hmm. but I just don't think he would have said some of the things he said beyond just that one line yeah I yeah same I and I he's don't, not very like and I don't think, lovey. right I, I but I don't think he would have felt that way about Albus in right. general like same. I don't think he would ever have the thought I wish he was more like James and Lily because even in the epilogue which is actually how the play starts is like the epilogue he yeah. says that um 
you know, I was almost born into a Slytherin, and I chose what I wanted, and he was also like, and if you are, like, you're named after um, two wizards, one of them was in Slytherin, and, like, like, that was so genuine that he's like, I, like, it doesn't matter. Like, that doesn't matter. See, I felt like this Harry was, when he said those lines, it was sort of, like, empty, I know you're gonna get into Gryffindor, right. like, just, like, speaking words. But when, like, Daniel Radcliffe said it, or and Jim when Dale. Jim Dale read it, <laughs> or when I read it myself, I believed that. Like, I believed that Harry had been through enough to know that that house did not, like, houses did not matter. It yeah. was about who you were as a person. And I thought he would be close, like, when I read the epilogue, I was like, oh, his he's closest with Albus. Yeah, I took that to, like, I'm going to share this intimate thing with you, like, um, Like, that's the kid he understands because he's the one that's different. I know, I got that, too, when I was reading, and, like, James is more like a Weasley, and, uh... Right, and Lily is, doesn't have a character. They also, oh, oh, I forgot, okay, so the first scene (laughs) is them taking Albus and James to Hogwarts on the express, sorry, we both just remembered this. They take them on the express, and then Lily's like, I'm gonna go watch them, like, on the train. So she, like, runs off and, like, is following the train. And And then Harry, Ginny, Ron, and Hermione just leave. They leave. They exit stage right, and Lily is still following the train, and we don't know what happens to her until, like, act two, part one. Where she gets some fucking fairy wings while her brother gets, one gets the invisibility quote uh, cloak, very sentimental. The other gets Harry's baby blanket, extremely sentimental despite what you think, Albus Potter. And then when they, to just the, tr- the end of the whole show for bows, everybody comes out and bows. And the little girl who plays Lily is not there because she... Clearly, she had to go to bed early because she's a child and she's not in the whole second half of the show. So they really didn't need her to be there. But it was just like the invisibility of Lily Potter. Like she disappeared. She was no longer. And we've, there's never even an actor that played Hugo, which is Ron and Hermione's second child. Like there's no mention of him. Hugo does not exist. (laughs) Only Rose. Rose. Although, that's kind of how I felt when I watched the epilogue scene. I was like, they picked that, like, dopey-looking little boy, and you can just tell they love Rose more. It was sad. I I feel like Hugo was a really odd name for them to go with. Yeah. Uh, But, whatever. Um, Okay, let's see. I you know, this not is... as odd as Albus Severus, so. <laughs> I hate the naming of that. And that's J.K. Rowling's fault and hers alone. Um, um, what I did like about the play was that the tone is very dark from the beginning. Yeah. Like, yeah. it has, like, comedic parts, but I think overall, it's like, especially play. with the music, like, it has the feeling of the later Harry Potters and not the, like, original, fo- like, three. Right. Um, I said that this is just the story of a middle child. I meant to say that earlier when we were talking about yeah. Albus, because um, one, he is a middle child, and two, like, he has such middle child syndrome, and I can say that because I am a middle child. Maybe that's why he annoys me sometimes. 
Yeah. Um, I have a note that Delphine, it was, like, kind of interesting how peppy she was in the beginning. Um, like, very, like, (coughs) kind of cheerleader-esque almost, and I didn't like it. Um, I did not like the actress that played Delphi, just, just to start off. I don't know if she was cheerleader-esque, but she was very... Like, very high She was like, yeah, she was very... She reminded me a lot of Tonks, and not just because she looked like... Like, she did... She did look like She looked a lot like Tonks, and they dressed her like Tonks, and it... It had a lot to do with the color hair, I'm sure. Yeah. And, like, the actress's skin tone, I felt, was very, like... All of it, yeah. I think... But... In general, I think you're right. I think the first, like, Delphi, like, when she's supposed to be pretending to be Delphi Diggory, does not match up with her ending, like, I'm Lord Voldemort's daughter, like, in a bad way. Like, like I don't think she, she would have been be, that good of an actress. Right, exactly. Or, and it's because that actress is not solid. Right. Like, e- like, I well, preferred her. Well, I think her wouldn't have been that good. Right, at pretending not no, to No, that's be, what I yeah. mean. Yeah, like, she just did not, like, you could not see an act, I'm just gonna say, if, oh, you could not see in part one who she reveals herself to be in part two, which is a difficult thing, but, like, is, like, your job. Like, we should see Or, like, I track. mean, I liked that it was, like, a complete surprise, but I think they could have done it where she wasn't, like, a completely different person. Right, you needed to be able to... Like, I'm not saying that she'd be like, ha ha ha, darkness, like, in the beginning. I just think you should have been able to see certain things and been like... Oh, yeah. You know? Like, yeah, be like, oh, I didn't, you I know. didn't notice that, but, like, now I do, which is how J.K. Rowling writes, and we talk about that yeah. a lot on the podcast. Like, you just needed to be able to see hints of that. I'm trying to think of another movie, like, where an actress or an actor does that really well. And you can see it. Huh. I know there's, like, one I'm trying to think of that I just can't. This is not exactly the same, but, like, even Graves in um, Fantastic Beasts, or most recently, I think who did a phenomenal job, just to keep it in theme of Harry Potter, is the actor that plays Lupin in Wonder Woman, I think is a great example of, like, because I, when I watch that movie, can see all of the, like, things that I was like, "Mm." That well, was weird. Or, like, maybe the biggest example, Mad-Eye Moody. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And you you see things, but you let it pass because it is a likable character. Exactly. And, and like, because they still could have made her likable in the beginning without, you know, being... Right. Um, so, like, friendly and, like, I'm Delphi Dickory! Ha ha ha! Like, Mm -hmm. ugh, I just, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um. But even when I read it, I didn't, like, I don't think that's their fault. I think that's her fault. Like, I, when I read it, I didn't feel the same way. I read it that she's supposed to be kind of like Albus, where she's, like, a little angsty. She's like, I don't really fit in. Like, she fits in with them because she's, like, on the outskirts. Right. But they, it made it seem like she was, like, this cool girl that's, like, really popular and that everybody likes, even though, like, we don't ever see her interact with other people. It's just, like, that's, like, the impression I got from her. 
Um, and I didn't like it, and then I didn't like the change either when she becomes like dark oh, and she whatever. Was bad at dark, she was way so worse at dark. Because I actually think she played giddy popular girl very well. Yeah, she <laughs> could have easily been lavender brown in the series. <laughs> I think she could have easily been Tonks. Like I felt like everything yeah. she was playing was very Tonks. Like yeah. cool, but, but like, like a, a little, little quirky. Aloof, yeah. yeah, like that's true. Yeah, so I just didn't like her. Um, I think I only have one more note, um, for act one, part one. I just, about the bookcase, um, in mm. the... Is that part one? I wrote it down. Mm. I think, I think that's the end of act one is when they get the time turner. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and so they're in Hermione's office in the ministry, and there's, like, a bookcase that they have to, like, defeat Mm-hmm. Which, that part was, like, okay, but I did like the part where, like, the books, like, came out of the shelf and were talking, and I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, I... That should have been more like the sorting hat. My next note says magic is real again. <laughs> <laughs> and not even, like, in a, just, like, a... Because you could clearly tell that that wasn't, you know... That was yeah. another thing that was, like, okay, it's not really the magic, but I just loved it. I really enjoyed it. I still agree that I don't think Hermione would have... Uh, <laughs> One of my issues with um, the reading reading it was like Hermione would not leave this time turner in this like riddled thing. She also wouldn't have like kept that time turner and not told anybody. Um, but I and then I was thinking about it and I was like maybe I was giving Cursed Child too hard of a time because like J.K. Rowling uses like riddles and stuff like that when they're not really like when like they, the first book right exactly when they're or even in the fifth book when they're in the department of mysteries and stuff like that like those aren't really riddles though yeah that's like a true obstacle course right that's that, what it should have been well no not for this but like that was i felt like a really good because they were like real things that were being studied that turned into obstacles right. for them. I see. That's true. That makes more sense. Where but the first book, like, literally, they, Dumbledore was like, okay, let's all put our heads together and come up with obstacles. That a child can That could out. be beat. Like, they are beatable mm-hmm. obstacles. Oh, mm-hmm. don't get me started again. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I we've seen this before and I see what they were going for. <laughs> um... um yeah, that's my only note. Those are the, all my notes for uh, part one. I will say, however, that in a design element way. So for the show, the like Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw symbols are all, it's all of this sort of like word arty. Um, is that a fair way to describe it? Like it's very like minimalist. Yeah. Um designs for the house in a good way in a good in a good way I like it I like the whole set is minimalist right but I think you know that design I think it's very different from the rest of like the way the ways that we see like the movies like the movies and stuff like that and I really enjoyed it I was like oh they're setting it apart and I was also like oh it's kind of like Hogwarts it seemed very modern and it seemed like oh okay this is the future so Hogwarts like yeah 
updated. I mean, when they go back in time and they're seeing things in the past, they're still obviously the, like... Oh, I didn't see it as, like, oh, this is modern. I just saw it as, like... It just looks yeah. more modern to me, those designs, because it's very... It's, like, it reminded me, and I hate when they do this, so that's not... It's not to reflect that opinion, but, like, how they made po Powerpuff Girls, like, these, like, really cutesy, like, almost bobblehead <coughs> characters now. Like, when you took, like almost a more realistic design and then like it's very popular now for modern cartoons or for modern things to look more simple and one note yeah design wise but um i liked it and i like that the merch is really independent of the rest of the series other aspects of the series all right so i think end of act one is them like, yeah, getting the time turner. So the beginning of Act Two, they go back in time. Um, um, um uh, it, it's actually a dream, which I would love to talk about. Oh, Harry's the dreams. Petunia stuff. Yeah. Wait. Well, it's not. It's not the Petunia stuff. One second, let me get there. Um. Well, I'll just say this note while we're talking about dreams is that there are dreams in the yeah. play where, like, they're going, Harry, like, is envisioning things with mostly Petunia and, like, things with his oh, parents. Oh, right. It is the Petunia one. And I don't remember that in the original play that we read, but I don't um, know. Yeah, you're right. It is the Petunia one. It's when uh, Lily says, when Petunia says Lily probably never had a chance to scream. Ooh. Yeah, I wrote that quote down because it was very, oh, when I heard it too, jarring. Um, I love that they tried to give Petunia a character and, like, they tried to show that little bit. This is, like, the play of the redemption arc. Everybody who was bad that you thought had a little shred of light in them got their moment. But um, you had a really good point about that scene, if you want to, after we saw it. Um... It oh, was, that, is that... Because it takes place at the grave, I think. Yeah, I didn't know if he was supposed to be, like, dreaming about a real thing that happened because he's never been to Godric's Hollow before. He's never been to their graves, so that would have, in the original series, it's, like, not canon. So I didn't know if that was just, like, he dreamed that he and Petunia did that or it was, like, they literally changed the plot of the books. <laughs> um... I liked that they brought back Harry's dreams because they were very, like, in the terms They are of, important. They're very important in the books, and I liked that they um, brought them back here. But I think it really, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about the second play, but there was a part of me that was like, why are we getting protagonist dreams from Harry? He turns into the protagonist. Right. But I am not interested in Harry as the protagonist in this play. Like, I'm interested in the kids. Like, I'm interested in Albus yeah. and Scorpius. And we've clearly set up this play to be about them, but they don't really get to be about them. And that was upsetting to me. One, because it just, like, wasn't as interesting when it switched to be about the adults. And two, that's never been what the Harry Potter series is about. Like, the adults, about the adults are, yeah. like... Assist, uh, they're secondary. They're assistants to the mains, which would have been a great way to have Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and Draco, and I think that's where they really missed the mark and why they're so out of character, because 
one, they didn't know how to write them as adults. Right. Fair. Hard. Two, like, that's just, like, not really how Harry po- the Harry Potter series works. Like, adults are not the story. Kids are. Right. Um, and it is in the play that we read. Mm-hmm. I just forgot, I think. Yeah, I mean, the last scene, last, like, big fight, like, Harry is the one doing it once again. And mm-hmm. the kids are literally asleep for part of it, where they're, like, not in it. Like, yeah. it's so, it's just such a role reversal. And Alex and I both liked part one so much better than part two. Mm-hmm. Because part one is about Scorpius and Albus. It's, like, their Same. adventure, going back in time... Which we whatever like there's some issues with that, but like but I it was enjoyed more watching them. Honestly, I yeah. I think the actors did a really great job. They were very interesting to me. Like I was here for it, even yeah. though like I I like thought it was like a kind of a thin plot. I think it worked for the play, and I think I cared a lot about those two characters. And when it was not about them anymore, I was like, okay, I couldn't. Yeah. I could take it or leave it. Like, this second part that we're about to talk about, like, act two of part one, was my favorite part of the show. The, as, the total foursome. Um, uh, I liked act one a lot, I think. Um, well, no, I liked act two, I guess, I thought you said you liked act two when we watched it. Because it was, like, more fast-paced. Like, you didn't have, I mean, it was more, like... They spent more time, yeah. On the the actual plot. 15 minutes was really fast. But, um... Yeah, I yeah, I just like part one definitely best, like yeah. the whole part one. Mm-hmm. I like oh, I like certain parts of act, of Act One and certain parts of Act Two. Um, um, and I there's not to say I didn't like Part Two at all. I definitely did like Part Two. Like there were parts I liked about it, but I preferred Part One. I definitely like the f- Act One of Part Two better. Mm-hmm. I did not like any part of Act Two, Part Two. I don't think we've gotten to it in my notes. What? We've gotten to it in my notes. Gotten to what? The score bus. Oh. <laughs> so we've <laughs> talked to you about how Harry separates uh, Scorpius and Albus. So in this completely platonic relationship between two young friends, they do, in fact, have this beautiful way of depicting their, like, separation from each other and that they're both, like, going on... Um, the moving staircases of Hogwarts, but they keep missing each other. And it's like this little ballet of staircases where they keep missing and they're just sad and in love. And then the staircases come together at the end and they're facing each other. And the staircases, I kid you not, make the shape of a heart and then they have to separate. It's the most romantic fucking bullshit I've ever seen in my whole life. Molly, correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's so sweet. And so, like, the Imogen Heap... Like, music is playing, and the staircases, uh, like, separate from all of that is so cool how they do it, because everyone that knows Harry Potter knew immediately that it was trying to replicate this idea of moving staircases, but it was only two sets of stairs, Mm -hmm. and so the whole time it's, like, coming apart and together, and, like, so this, at this point in the story... Scorpius doesn't know that Albus has been banned from seeing him. So right. he keeps trying to talk to Albus saying, like, why aren't you talking to me? What's going on? I miss my friend. We all know what friend is code for. Um, but even if they're not at a romantic point in this, at this point, like, that's fine. It's just, like, a beautiful it was a be- friendship or whatever. Like, it was just yeah, really it beautiful. it was gorgeous. I was, like, 
getting watery eyed just because like the way they set it up like you just feel for them like it's awful and it makes me like really angry at Harry (laughs) like like I just don't know that I believe that Harry would make his like child that sad like when he would not like when Draco comes in and is like hey why is my son crying could you please rectify this situation and And he's like no and Harry's like no I'm like what is wrong with you Harry they're like 14 he's like I had a dream so like no (laughs) I had a dream so Mm -mm. um but also just um to like heighten the fact that this was clearly romantic symbolism In this same universe, because Ron and Hermione are separated, when they go Uh, back in time, they do the exact same staircase thing. Oh yeah, it's definitely a mirror. Clearly it's a mirror, because they're not together. And then Ron is basically like, oh, like... Ron's married to Padma Patil. (laughs) Yes, and he doesn't like his children. (laughs) Something like that. Um, And he's like, oh, like... I hope you're well, like, and they're, like, looking at each other longingly, and that's clearly romantic. And then they walk away, like, the same way. The exact same way. And it happens right after. Yeah, it is mirroring. They are in love, and I don't know who was the person who, at the end of seeing, like, a preview or reading a preview of the script was like, ah, too gay, you can't make him do it. Put in this thing about Rose at the end. But, like, whoever that person is, fuck you, because none of- That was in the play, though, even, this whole Rose setup, which is dumb. Right. It's it's just so dumb. But I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like somebody, like, somewhere, like, put a green- was like, eh, I'll, like, green light this play, but it can't be this gay. Like, you, you gotta, like, fix it out. So they just, like, use this whole Rose crush- as something because I just nobody else in the show seemed to get the memo that this was not about a love story. Yeah. I would like to believe that the because clearly the two authors of the book are very into fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you don't want to call the play fan fiction, whatever. They clearly know what's up on the internet. Yeah. And they know this scorbus. Mm-hmm. is a real thing and I want to believe that they built it up in the play and just like instead of changing what they wrote in the play like they left the whole rose thing in but it's supposed to be like an afterthought like they're kind of making fun of it is what I'd like to believe and that they're holding strong to the Scorbus ship. Okay I would that's what I would like to believe. <laughs> I would like to believe it too and honestly I was way more mad for some reason even though seeing it should have looked more gay baby to me, it was way less because I feel felt like everybody on the team, like sound direction, everybody was sort of like they wanted they were shipping it. And right. definitely the actors were, were like Yeah. I'm assuming that the actors might be gay in real life. I don't know if I they're gay know. in real life, but they're definitely playing the romantic <laughs> relationship yeah. between those two characters. And there's something that happens at the very end of the show after the Rose scene that shall not be named. And I loved it. So yeah. I just think that made me feel way more comfortable. As much as I like really desperately need them to have like a I am talking about my sexuality character in the Harry Potter series just because it's fucking ridiculous at this point. I think that this relationship was way more powerful on stage than yes. it was reading It definitely it. was. 
Because it, when I was reading it, well, actually, there was, like, some lines reading it that were, like, more dramatic than that I think actually ended up being in the play. Mm-hmm. Like, I could never live on an island without you kind of That's stuff. in there. Is it's it? It's in the play. It's like there's... Sitting... I felt like there was more yes, when I was not reading the, it. I think it was, like, a monologue in the original. Yeah. And they made it more, like, one line, which for me was more powerful. I was like... Yeah, oh. that's... I mean... It was, like, not so over the top. It was, like, more real. Yeah, it was romantic. I was like, stop, Albus and Scorpius. Well, because, yeah, it's because they're sitting there, and Scorpius is like, look, all jokes aside, if I had to be stranded in a timeless place with anyone in the world, I'm glad it's you. And then, which is beautiful, and Albus is, like, so nervous and fidgety, and he's like, yeah, like... Uh, I'd probably pick someone with more muscles so that, like, we could fight our way out of it or something. And he, like, deflects, and it's really cute. And I'm like, more muscles, Albus? Mm. I mean, just, like, (laughs) the whole, um, like, I'm sort into Slytherin, will you still accept me is obviously such a metaphor. Like, I'm gay, Dad, will you accept me? Right, 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 right. Um, And meanwhile... Scorpius is like happily in Slytherin, even though he doesn't really belong there. It's like I'm in Slytherin, do, and do, 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 Draco do. is I'm clearly stay. like I accept my son for right. However, no matter what these rumors are, I I accept him. I accept my son, and I love my Harry son. can't deal. It's really an, a story. It's a coming of out. Albus story. coming out, and Harry learning to deal with it. Agreed. <laughs> I totally view this story that way. Oh. Um, I mean, I think we all know. They also have that weird thing about hugging, which is, like, gay culture, first of all. Like, when you're, like, in the closet and you don't know what to do with yourself and you're worried about, like, these feelings that are bubbling up and you don't understand, like, you don't want to, like, be around, like... In, like you don't want to be misconstrued as right. like right. So they're always like, "Oh, we're hugging." We, I didn't know that we we did that. We did yeah. that. Like I didn't know we hugged. These boys. Yeah. So that's that. Um, I'm just gonna read some of my like stray notes. I don't love Draco. Um, Ginny has a bigger part than movies. Um. Oh, I said, oh, well, wait, wait, let's talk about the, when they go back in time. Speaking of effects and the oh, lighting, yeah. they oh. did this, I can't even describe it. And it's like a pulse. And this is not, like, about not keeping the secret, I don't think. So they go back in time, and then, like, I was saying about the clock and stuff, they, like, do this, like, kind of like a light effect, but something else, because, like, it literally looks like, yeah, like a bubble. Like, yeah, like, like a, a pu- like, it's like if you... Drop like a pebble in a stream, and you yeah. see like a ripple, the, the ripple yeah. of the water. But they did it with the whole stage. Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but it's and like awesome. a really good sound effect that like mm-hmm. really was like it's like a heavy bass, so you can feel it. Yeah, it was so cool, and they did it several times, and it looked great each time. I was impressed. It I was loved so watching cool. It. Um, that was really cool. I another cool effect was so they go back into, like, the fourth book where they're going back to the first task and then the second task. And so, obviously, the second task is underwater. And they did this cool, like, um, 
like underwater effect. Yeah. Um, and then they actually had like they a little were underwater at one part of it. Yeah. Um, which can we just talk about that Scorpius though is like Jack. Jack, duh. Boy is buff. He like dipped himself into the water, and I was like, oh boy. Both me and our friend Ben were like, oh my god, can we talk about Scorpius for a second? <laughs> talk about Anthony we Boyle. We had such crushes. Yeah. Just, just to clear things up, if you haven't seen this, as we said, he is like 24 years old, so. Yeah, we checked. He's a grown We adult. confirmed he's it. He's an adult man. He's our age. No, yeah, I think he's like 22. Oh. But still. Either way. It's all cool. It's all kosher. <laughs> it's all kosher. Um, the other, oh, Minerva, oh, talking about Scorpus. There's a part where they're, like, in the library together under the invisibility club. Oh, yeah? Hilarious. And then, so McGonagall is, like, charged with, like, not, making sure that they're not together. And she, like, sees that they're in the library together on the map. And so before just walking into the library, she makes a big thing of being, like, okay, I'm coming in, like, she's, like, knows, like, they're mm-hmm. making out and, or something. And, um, like, that's what it seems no, like. No, it's, it's, it's so it weird. Seems, it seems like she's, like, mm, be decent, I'm coming in. Which like, they weren't even doing anything, but, like, it was so odd. They were just having a serious fart to fart is what they were having. Yeah, and, like, obviously she didn't want to be, like, doing what Harry told her to do, which she would never listen <laughs> to Harry, like, ever, like she ever, stood, ever, Are you telling me the woman that stood up to Umbridge is gonna be like, yep, I'm gonna forgo the safety She's and like, health I'm of my students. I'm never giving you a fucking biscuit again. Have a biscuit, Potter. I think she actually does offer him, like, a biscuit in again, the show. yeah. Um, magical staircase scene... Oh, just a last thing on Scorbus. Ben, our friend that we did see it with, his note on Scorbus not being canon was, I didn't come out till I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is valid. Um, another cool effect was they did centaurs really well. Like, it was a cool bit of lighting and stuff, too. Yeah. Definitely lighting should I win. I think they should have, like had a real horse and, like, half-human on stage. That would have made it, like, more real for me, but those mm. are sort of hard to find. It, centaurs. it was a real horse. I don't know what you're talking about. I think it was magic. There was a real centaur. You're, you're right. You're right. I just didn't seem very real to me. Wow, you're being, like, maybe that's my, hateful. Maybe that's my muggle lens. I thought it was such a cool effect. No, I did think it was a real... I was just... You're like, like damn... <laughs> I'm just. I'm I clearly don't want like, them to have a real like what. I know you're joking, but it was very cool. It was no, it was really cool. I just I thought it was like a good joke to have wanted them to have produced a real you're centaur. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, speaking of the forest, however, um, they have this cool scene change where like Dumbledore is like fixing the trees in the forest. And then he just, like, stands there and his portrait goes over him and you, like, can't oh, see his feet yeah, or that anything. Was cool. And it's, like, they do the portrait stuff really well. He looked just like a painting. Yeah. Ugh, lighting, guys. Again. Neil. Yes. <laughs> um... Um, my next note just says Harry would still never say that to his son. I don't know. 
Um, just reiterate that. Um, <laughs> McGonagall and Ginny would never have let um, Harry separate the boys. I just clearly have felt the same way. Um, oh, Scorpius's monologue is great. And that scene where he calls Albus out is so earned. Where, so, um, Anthony Boyle, is that what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Boyle has this great actor moment where he, because Albus is like, oh, my life is so hard. You don't get me, Scorpius. And Scorpius is like, all right, let's talk about a few things real quick. My mom died. Everyone thinks I'm the son of the Dark Lord. And what? Your dad's Harry Potter? That's all you've got? Like, yeah. I have a better attitude than you. Buck the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like, and it's just a and, really... And, like, you're not alone. Like, I'm here. Yeah, like, also, like, yeah, you keep saying you're alone and you're enough for me, so why aren't I enough for you? So stop pushing me away, basically. Yeah, because he's, like... He came out a long time ago, like, he's comfortable with himself. That's how I read the show as a whole, honestly, is that, like, Scorpius, I feel like Scorpius knows he's in love with Albus, but doesn't understand that that love is romantic, and he, but he's comfortable with loving Albus. But I think Albus is uncomfortable with his love for Scorpius. For him, also himself. He needs to learn to love himself. Right, like, so Albus is just aware of what's happening and is uncomfortable with it. And so I think that Albus's journey is that by the end of the show, he is okay with all of it. And Scorpius is like, yay, we'll be okay with it together. But Scorpius still doesn't know it's romantic. And Albus is like, but like, you get it though, right? (laughs) Right? And the whole audience is saying the same thing. Um, uh, There's a dreary duel. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. The magic that they do is cool. I do think they're dueling over something. Like, it's not enough stakes. Yeah, they're not enough stakes. I don't know if those two grown men would really start fighting like that. Like, maybe they would. I it's Harry and Draco. supposed to be, like, um, reminiscent of Snape and Sirius. Yeah. Yeah. In the kitchen. Yeah. I don't know. It was really, really cool. Um, Jenny had a good part in that. Mm-hmm. I also loved that one, I don't know if we passed this, but the scene where Draco's like, you don't care about, like, my kid or whatever, and Ginny's like, I'm losing my son too. Yeah. Like, where she stands up to him, because, like, they really, like, went with Ginny being small, um, S-M-O-L, and, um, so she's clearly, it's an internet thing. What does it mean? It just means, like, small but cute, like, small. Um... Sure. Uh, they really went with Jenny being, like, like tiny. Like, she's supposed to be, like, tiny but feisty. And Draco is tall. So she's, like, standing up to him. And she's literally reaching his chin. But she's commanding She's all like, of we're the on the same side. Harry sucks. <laughs> That's true. There was a lot of, like... Uh, there was a Malfoy Jenny bro TP that I really approved of in this show. Where... Malfoy's like, yeah, I was always jealous of, like, you three. And Jenny's like, I was always jealous of them, too. And I thought oh, it was a yeah. little bit talking your subtext. Like, I was like, okay, we already figured that out without you having to say it verbatim. Have you ever watched a play? But, um, <laughs> but I, like, liked their little bro TP and, like, V Harry. <laughs> it was funny. Um, 
So now we've come to my favorite part of the whole show, and I stand by this. Moaning Myrtle. Oh, yes. Wait, I don't think we know about her. She was great. I know. She was, like, our favorite actress. She, like, I hate saying this because I feel like it's, like, such a disservice to the rest of the show, but Moaning Myrtle is so good, guys. It is worth the price of admission just for her one scene, honestly. She gets, like, a solo bow, basically. Yeah. She, because she plays, um, Lily. Lily Senior. Lily Senior at the end of the show, and they make her put back on her Moaning Myrtle Full like body ghost makeups to come out as bad. I don't think she because, had full makeup on. Like, well, her face is definitely made up. Because when she bowed, she had the moaning Myrtle face on. Yeah. So she definitely had to put back on the face makeup. Like, what else is she gonna do? She doesn't like. She's not in a lot of the show. But I was still like that. They know how much of a fan favorite she is because they made her put that stuff back on. Um, yeah, she, there's this, like, big, um, loop that's in the middle of oh, yeah, the she's, stage, like, and she's doing, like, acro on the loop, and she's, like, very flirty, and she's flirting with Draco and Harry and Albus, and it was, like, one of their biggest set pieces was, like, the water, the sink, basically. Yeah, and, oh, God, she's so funny, so, so funny. I was cracking up. And, yeah, she makes all these innuendos towards Harry and Draco, and, yeah. like... It was a little bit calling out, like, stuff, but it was still funny. She's, it was, like, she's just as good as, like, the movie Moni Murder. Right. Like, the same And that's the only shit. one where it was, like, a caric- caricature of a character from, like, the old movies that isn't, like, a main in this show that I thought they did well. I hated Hagrid, wasn't a huge fan of McGonagall, Snape went in and out for me. McGonagall had a really bad Scottish accent. Right. It was not. It was not. I mean, we're, you're talking to two experts on accents. Right. Clearly. <laughs> but <laughs> it was no bueno. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Moaning Myrtle just, I honestly, like, I want to give Moaning Myrtle, like, a daytime Tony. Like, I want her to be, like, a f- I want her to get a featured role, Tony. Because that, it was just so good. Um, we, did we already talk about Ron and Hermione not being together and how messed up that is? No, we haven't really talked about it in detail. We only talked about it with the staircases. So, in this world, Ron and Hermione aren't together, which means that Ron is miserably married to Padma Patil, um, and Hermione is a grumpy, um, angry professor at Hogwarts who's no longer Minister of Magic, implying that, like, without her relationship with Ron, she would have been a sourpuss and Teacher not that successful. Bullies. That bully um, students. Yeah. Not that not being a professor is unsuccessful, but it's, like, settling for Hermione. And it's not, like, it's just because we know that in another universe she is Minister of Magic. So you're just sitting here, like, without Ron, she couldn't, like... I would have been fine if they just had her be miserable. Because, like, yes, she's yeah. not with her soulmate, so she's miserable. But, like, not to be successful because of that? Come on. Yeah. Hermione Granger was successful um 
forever. Honestly, like, in despite, was, despite yeah. of Ron. I feel like she'd be better off. In spite of Ron, there we professionally. go. Professionally, yeah. I, I, I almost wish that she had been a professor for, like, the main story and be married to Ron, and then, like, in the alternate world, she's miserable, but she's Minister of Magic. Like, so she's, like, where she wants to be. But I don't like that narrative either. No, I'm just saying, but she's where, like, she's, like, at the top professionally. Right. But she's, like, miserable. Right, yeah. No, that, I definitely prefer that narrative. Yeah. But I love that, and even though I didn't think, we also thought that Hermione was a little too hard, like, the way they wrote that character. Um... Like the Ron of, was way too goofy. I feel like they kind of showed them being in a little bit of a loveless marriage, like current day. I don't know, especially later in the show. I don't think so. But it's only like after they like he makes out with his aunt, and it's not even real Ron that they're like, "Yep, yeah, we're still in love." <laughs> I don't know. I think it was supposed to be like. Because she talks to Harry, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm always here at the office and not with my family. But that's, like, I think that was, like, supposed to be, like, a, like, her family still loves her, not that they're in a loveless marriage. I think she regrets not being there for her family. Yeah, more. but I, I don't know. And it, she was, like, so surprised that, like, Ron is, like, kissing her, because, like, they don't do that. Well, I think she was surprised that he was, like, making out with her in the middle of the well, day like, in yes, the ministry. Yes, very odd, but, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I got, like, a not-so-good feeling from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think they were trying to, like, say that, but it was, like... I think they do, when they go back in time and they realize what it's like to be without each other, do rediscover but their they love don't for know each that. other. They don't know their alternate reality. But Ron knows that he has been in a reality where he doesn't have Hermione... Be- yeah, because no, he he's, doesn't. yeah, at the end, he's, like, he, I think the kids tell him, or, like, so, or something. Yeah, some- I mean, they, like, <laughs> tell them both. Right, they don't feel it, but, right, like, they, mean. like, think about it, and. Well, she more so, because she finds out that she doesn't have her kids, basically. Right, and, um, because at the end, he's, like, we should, like, renew our vows. <laughs> so dumb, like, such a muggle thing, like, that's not a wizarding thing. Like, what is that? But I do, I liked seeing them go back in time because I really ship Romagini, so it Same. was nice to see that they loved each other in every universe. Like, I loved in the universe when Voldemort was in charge and they were, like, this secret rebel thing and they hadn't figured out that they were in love yet. They have the scene that they have at the end of the seventh book, but, like, 25 years later. And it's really freaking cute. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's also devastating because then you watch them die on stage right after by getting their souls sucked out by Dementors. Oh yeah, that's my last note was like the Dementors were really cool and really scary. <gasps> yeah, they flew. Oh, well, let me say no. I don't know. It, they were scary. They were terrifying. Um, Snape, can we talk about Snape for a little bit? Because I don't think we've talked about him at all really. Is he... That is his main part. We've just I know, I thought it. that was at the beginning of Act 1. I meant, um, yeah, Act 1, Part 2. Yeah, we just hadn't talked about him. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we... Oh, right, oh, right. It ends with... The, yeah, we're not so there yet. we're not there yet. Okay, this has been Part... Part 1. Part 1 is over. This is so confusing, trying to talk about this. I might pause it here, depending on how long we talk. 
It might split up into two episodes. Oh, I assume you were going to do two. Oh, well. But it doesn't matter. We don't... It could be one. Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.